Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a topic that unfortunately no workplace is immune from, the topic of workplace grievances. And to guide us through this topic today, we're delighted to be joined by Liam Barton, Senior HR Consultant here at Inside HR. How are you, Liam? Very good, Owen. Thank you. And as always, we're joined also by our very own Mary Cullen, Founder and Managing Director here at Inside HR. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Owen. How are you? All good. Brilliant. So we'll jump right in. So I suppose come to yourself first, Mary. Um, so kicking us off, what is a workplace grievance? That's a very broad question, Owen, and it can be <laughs> absolutely anything. So anything that an employee, in effect, gets upset about in the workplace. So it can cover anything from the terms and conditions of employment to relationships in the workplace to something like maybe not receiving a pay increase to how someone has rated uh, an individual during a performance management review. It can relate to anything, I guess, um, that the employee feels unhappy about in the workplace. Um, now, obviously, there are other, um, I suppose, procedures in place for issues like bullying, harassment, sexual harassment. So it's not that. Um, and there's whistleblowing procedures in place if somebody feels that something um, corrupt is happening within the organization. So it's also not that. But outside of those things, it can be absolutely anything that an employee gets upset about. Um, and I often ask people, particularly when we're training managers around how to identify when somebody's actually got a grievance. Um, and I ask people to list out all the reasons people get upset in the workplace. Um, and that will give you a, an outline of what those issues might actually be. Every manager, every HR practitioner will have dealt with people who get upset about something at work and whether or not that can be resolved informally um, without having to go through a formal procedure or not. Um, a grievance is simply that something that somebody feels aggrieved by in the workplace. Um, and I, I guess it comes back down to how we actually manage it um, in terms of how serious it can actually get for an organization. Brilliant. So I think kind of building on that for yourself, Liam, so I suppose kind of similarly, so why might an employee raise a grievance? Does it tend to be once-off issues? Does it tend to be kind of a disengagement kind of thing? I suppose just kind of building on what Mary has said there. Yeah, and I I would agree entirely with with Mary in terms of the the, the wide spectrum on in terms of why people get upset at work and why people raise grievances. It can be anything to do with 
um, the employment contract and terms and conditions of employment, the, the office environment. So there's a range of different issues. I suppose, why would a person raise a grievance? I think it's it's very often that they feel their voice isn't being heard um, and, and that they're, in some ways, as, as Mary has alluded to, there's typically an informal resolution mechanism and a formal res resolution mechanism within the, the grievance procedure within an organization. And, and typically, if a formal grievance is raised, it's highlighting that the employee doesn't feel that their, their concerns or their complaint has been satisfactorily addressed by the organization. Um, so in many instances, it, 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 I think to answer your question, I think it rarely enough comes about as a result of a one-off incident. Typically, when, when the grievance procedure is invoked by an employee, um, there's a sort of um, a lead up um, and, and there are a series of you know, informal discussions um, which typically can't resolve matters and then the employee uh, writes formally to the organization. And I suppose you know, Mary and myself in terms of our, our, our travels would very often see opportunities to resolve, uh, resolve grievances and opportunities are missed. And so I suppose my advice to, to organizations in this matter is always to try and get in as quickly as possible whenever you feel there's an issue or tension may be bubbling up. Um, so typically an employee might raise a grievance in relation to you know, terms and conditions of employment, you know, lack of promotional opportunities, the whole area of, and I know we discussed this on our, our webinar on, the whole area of fairness is a huge thing and encapsulated in that is, you know, I, I don't think it's fair that somebody got the corner office rather than me, or I don't think it's fair that someone got car parking or this person is getting, you know, additional leave allowance, or I feel this person is getting something that I ought to be entitled to. And sometimes that's very emotive and it's very hard for an organization to, to, to really put their put their finger on it. Um, but, but typically I think it's, it's unusual for an employee to raise a grievance. It doesn't happen every day of the week. And I, I think in my experience, employees don't do it uh, lightly. They do it as a result of feeling that their voice is not being listened to or that maybe the employer hasn't treated their concern or their, their, their grievance with the level of seriousness that they would have hoped for. Um, and, th and that's typically very often why, why an employee raises a grievance. It's interesting, Liam, isn't it, that, you know, those missed opportunities can result in a really serious situation for an organization. So, you know, if you look at the journey of the employee, rather than the uh, procedure that applies once the employee makes the complaint, I think you will see that, you know, whether it's reasonable or unreasonable, um, the issue that an employee might have, they will usually go to someone to talk to them about it. So that may be a manager, it may be HR, it may be uh, somebody who doesn't directly manage them. And depending on the reaction they get at that point in time, um, they may decide, well, look, this is really serious. I'm really upset about it. My voice is not being heard. And therefore, I'm going to go outside of the organization and seek advice from somewhere else. Now, that may be sitting on a bar stool somewhere with friends and family complaining about things that are happening at work 
or it may be uh, going out to their trade union. It might be going to somewhere like the Citizens Information Service where they can access um, advice there. It may be that they go to a solicitor or a barrister to say something is happening in my workplace. I'm not happy about it. It's not right. I feel I'm being badly treated for one reason or another um, and I'm going to act upon it. And typically when you get the complaint in writing, um, you're in a position that it's harder to resolve because an employee is reasonably entrenched at that point in time in their view that they have been treated unfairly in some way or other. Another potentially kind of broad question, Mary, but I think just on your final point there about how serious these matters are before they actually become a written grievance, I suppose, how are they typically resolved? It varies from organization to organization. Um, you know, in the first instance, a good manager is going to be aware of how their employees feel, the people that they're managing on their team. Um, and so with an open door policy, most grievances or complaints, I would, I would be inclined to call them complaints before they become formal. Um, but most, you know, grumblings or complaints or concerns, however you might like to categorize them, um, is addressed informally in the first place with the manager. And when someone comes to them and, and says, I'm not happy, I don't want to move from the window seat. Um, you know, your restructure involves me sitting somewhere else. I don't want to move. And um, what can you do for me? Or can I stay where I am? And depending on the reaction from their manager, it can go away and be resolved or it might get more serious. Um, and, you know, some of our listeners might be sitting out there and thinking, gosh, do people really, really raise complaints about moving from a window seat to somewhere else in the office? Um, yes, they do. Um, and it may not seem rational or reasonable, uh, or it may not be understandable. However, you have a problem when somebody raises or grumbles or complains about something. So the first protocol is the manager. And that's why the training of the frontline manager is so important. So they understand what a grievance actually is. How is it coming to them? If it's not addressed, if the employee is not happy, then they have the option under the grievance procedure to formally write to someone, usually their manager in the first instance, um, and make a formal complaint about something or other. Or it may be a list of things that they're unhappy about uh, in the organization. And then at that point in time, the manager or the organization have to try and resolve it. Again, we would always be saying, look for the solutions, go to the employee, talk to the employee, see, can you resolve it informally? Would mediation help? Would some other informal um, mechanism work? If that's not something that the employee is willing to engage in, you have no option but to hear the grievance and sticking rigidly to your own policy in terms of 
the timelines, in terms of the approach, in terms of the process is so important to resolving it. There are usually a number of stages in the grievance procedure from the informal to the formal and, and what an employee does ultimately if they are not satisfied that their complaint is being heard or fairly heard or fairly reviewed or investigated. Um, and sometimes it goes all the way right up to the most senior levels in the organization, maybe a managing director or a general manager, maybe a board. Um, and at that point in time, you know, you really have a very serious issue on your hands. Litigation is very likely and um, the moves that the organization make uh, have to be very, very carefully thought through and planned. Mm -hmm. kind of, I suppose linked to that, the question to yourself, Liam, about the kind of carefully planned, carefully dealt with. When it comes to that form of procedure, are there certain things that HR teams should kind of look out for? They're kind of set procedures, those kind of things. Yeah, the, the, there is. I mean, uh, typically in any contract of employment, you're obliged to issue the employee with a grievance procedure um, and you're obliged by, by law to, to do so. Um, again, I suppose dealing with, with these areas, it's remarkable, taking up Mary's point, how many HR practitioners don't actually read their own grievance procedure, how many HR practitioners are not familiar with the grievance procedure, how many line managers are not actually familiar with the, the, the grievance procedure and you end up at a stage where, oh, golly gosh, I didn't even know we had a grievance procedure. So it, it's so important, um, again, to try and resolve matters informally if you can. I think that's, I suppose, to, to take up or to, to kind of finish off at the last point, how are they typically resolved? In my experience, own, they're, they're definitely not resolved by an ongoing email chain. So you need to get in and just I'm dealing with one one client at the moment. I say, okay, just when the emails are coming, maybe just pause and don't send another email. Just actually get in and try and arrange a face to face uh, with the person to discuss the email chain, rather than than you know the email chain can become a snowball in in itself. So I think I would emphasise the procedures are there. I would absolutely echo what Mary has said in terms of the informal resolution. Can, an, can a, a company appointed third party um, person come along and, and talk between both parties? Can you organize mediation or facilitation? Mediation or facilitation is a great source of sort of letting some of the temperature out of the equation because it, it brings in a third party who can bring objectivity and a level of detachment to the query. Because sometimes in these in these matters, people get very siloed into their position, and it they think that if they give anything, it's a it's a lose lose to them. Whereas you're looking for collaborative solutions. So there are procedures. I I think you would certainly try and resolve things informally. Make sure that everyone is aware of the the procedures. Certainly, I would echo. I suppose mediation and facilitation are great opportunities, and there's a cost to that. But there is definitely a cost to not resolving the grievance as quickly as possible. And the costs are only going to go up the longer the process goes on. So um, I think it's really important that you come and take whatever grievance or complaint very, very seriously and try and listen to the employee, try and understand where they're coming from, uh, take time 
um, can a solution be be found that will be amenable to all parties and and be creative and collaborative in terms of, of coming up with with solutions but again i would echo look at your policies and procedures and very often make sure if you do have a formal grievance procedure that you stick to the procedure because sometimes you, you get this sort of skipping between stages and you know you need to clarify and, and mary and myself have come across are you actually raising a formal grievance because sometimes that happens too that someone writes in well are you invoking the grievance procedure you just write to the company to make them aware of concerns and if you can clarify that you may be able to deal with things informally so albeit that someone has written to you that doesn't necessarily mean that they're automatically invoking the grievance procedure so again there are some little points that might help try and resolve matters as informally as you can and you know like anything when you're dealing with with people on you're at the mercy of their goodwill and cooperation and i very much would would sort of say you know can you bring whether it's a company appointed separate person from a different division from a different part of the business for larger organizations or an independent third party and yes for mediation and facilitation there's a cost to that but if it can resolve matters and and get the warring parties together then it's well worth it in my view Perfect segue to my next question and for yourself, Mary, I think the question I'd written down here was who typically deals with grievances? Is it internal HR or external providers? But I get the sense it's probably different people at different points, is it? Yeah, well, most procedures will have uh, a clearly outlined who you raise the issue with in the first instance. Um, so it typically will follow the pattern of, you know, your line manager, or if your grievance is actually with the line manager, that it may be the person above the line manager. Uh, it may be to the HR department. It may be to a, a operations uh, manager or somebody else in the business. So the procedure will, will guide the organization as to who um, the complaint is made to, what that person would ensure that your but I think so important to mention, and Lima is saying it here, don't forget the human being. Uh, it's important not to make an enemy of the person who's actually making a complaint or raising a concern or grumbling. Um, and remember, it's important that, you know, I've seen grievance complaints coming in where somebody has described it as maybe a matter of concern and the organization says so well this is a matter of concern not a grievance and they get into some kind of a battle around what it actually is with the employee instead of trying to resolve it and you know, when it comes to getting advice, it's important that you understand um, solicitor or solicitor is going to rather than go straight into a formal procedure because that's costly. When things go really wrong, um, organizations like ours will be called in to carry out an investigation or hear an appeal or, you know, review what the organization has actually done and so often when we do so often when we do we see that you know the fundamental rights 
have um, not been upheld, that the employee who's raising a complaint is in some way treated badly by the organization and in some way has become the enemy of the organization. Um, and you can see a real deterioration in mental health um, from the person who's raising the complaint. And I think from an organizational perspective, that's the last thing we want in any organization. We want to be able to deal with um, and, and treat complaints of this nature seriously. We don't always agree with what the employee is saying. And sometimes the employee is not rational in terms of the things that are upsetting them. But to avoid getting to a third party, to avoid getting into some form of uh, litigious situation, it's important to stop, think, think about the person, treat them as a human being, um, hear what they have to say, make sure you have a paper trail make sure you're following your own procedure um, and front and centre is resolving the issue, not treating someone like an enemy. Yeah, I think it's obviously very difficult or possibly kind of uh, a scary thing for some employees to do to, to kind of raise grievance. So I suppose my question for yourself, Liam, is what protections are there, if any, for an employee who actually raises grievance? Yeah, that's, it's a very good point, Owen, and I think... There is a sort of, um, there is without doubt a reluctance for employees to raise grievances, to, to raise formal grievances. Um, and I think it would be important, both from a legislative point of view, but also from a cultural point of view, that companies would, like Mary has said, reassure um, employees that, you know, if you do raise a grievance, you won't be treated differently. Um, you know, you'd still be welcome in the canteen, you'd still be, you know, at the company party, you'll be treated in exactly the same form as you would if you hadn't raised a grievance. So the, the, the treatment should be absolutely equal. So in terms of, you know, whistleblowing legislation and health and safety, health and safety legislation and organisation working time legislation, there are significant protections in terms of the lack of victimisation if somebody raises a complaint. And you know, I had an employer ring me and the particular employee had, had raised, I think, a complaint in relation to working time legislation. And the, the client rang me and said, can I dismiss this person? And I said, well, why would you be doing that? Well, I mean, they, they've raised a complaint in the WRC in relation to working time. I said, yeah, they're, they're absolutely entitled in terms of the employment legislation to do so. And they're protected in terms of any potential victimization uh, arising from such a claim or such a concern being raised. So any if, if that employer were to dismiss that person on, on the basis of them taking a claim to the Workplace Relations Commission, such a dismissal on would automatically be seen to be unfair because essentially there was no substantive issue or there was no procedural fairness um, and due process. The, the employer took it upon himself to take a view regarding that employee's continued employment on the basis that they took a, a, a working time claim against the organization. So there are very, very significant protections in terms of employment law uh, for employees who raise a concern either under health and safety or whistleblowing or organization of working time legislation. But there's also a general principle of fairness and reasonableness. And I suppose there's a requirement on every employer to be fair and reasonable and to 
I suppose, look at the, the grievance or the complaint in isolation in terms of, okay, this employee is concerned or worried about something. And I would agree with Mary, unfortunately, that you would have employers who would have somebody who has been a wonderful employee for 10 years. And maybe there's been a change in reporting line or something has happened and they've raised a concern. And all of a sudden, it's almost like the, the previous 10 years were just wiped from memory. And I think, you know, particularly looking in it as, as we are on from the outside to that employer, we can, you know, mention objectivity and fairness and, you know, try and impact that employ, employer. Because I think sometimes employers tend to think, well, this person has now raised a grievance or a complaint or a concern, so now they're working against me. That's not the case. So we would very much encourage um, employers to look rationally and in a detached and, and, and not in an, an emotion and not in an emotional way at the concern that's being raised because if they can fix the concern, they may be able to fix it for other employees and get a more harmonious working environment. So my general advice or in, in summary would be there's very, very significant um, employment protections in terms of if you do raise a, a agreements, um, and typically when someone raises agreements, if there's a simultaneous disciplinary process happening, we typically advise pausing the disciplinary process, dealing with the grievance and taking that out of it. And if, if the disciplinary process then needs to be uh, continued, it should be done separately to any, so you try and separate out the, the, the processes. But in general terms, in employment law terms, <clears throat> excuse me, the person is entitled to raise a complaint and they're protected in terms of legislation in doing so. And any dismissal or action or any treatment of that person arising solely out of the, the complaint that they've raised would seem to be automatically and flagrantly unfair on behalf of the employer. And I think I suppose the question, Mary, the kind of final question is, is the one we always kind of ask when we talk about these issues, how to kind of prevent and reduce grievances being raised. And obviously, every company, every listener out there is obviously doing their best to, to make sure grievances don't get raised, but is there any kind of tips, guidance that we could share with them to, to really kind of help them in that cause? Train the line management, key. To me, that's key. If you train your line management to recognize the signs, to understand why people might get upset, to understand how they may head that off at the pass so it never gets into a formal complaint, that's key. So that's number one. Um, absolutely comply with your procedures, follow them. Uh, so often the HR department hasn't pulled out the procedure. And so they're operating off the top of their head versus following the step-by-step -step process that's actually outlined in the procedure. Ensure that you uphold people's rights. You know, the, the person has the right to um, have their situation heard and you know to they have the right to be represented they have the right to have something handled within a reasonable time frame um, and they have the right to have that communicated to them uh, in a respectful manner and they're just fundamental rights that people have when it comes to these processes they can be complex Employees can be unreasonable. Employers can be unreasonable. Um, but 
you know, coming at it in an objective, unemotional way is key to getting the issue resolved. So often we see that the handling of the individual at the earliest stages of the process um, creates a really entrenched employee and somebody who starts looking outside of the organization for solutions. The worst case is, you know, if somebody resigns, leaves the organization because you haven't handled their complaint. Not, not even if they're going to litigate, um, but the fact that they feel they have no option but to leave the organization and whether that's to go on and get another job, whether that's to litigate against the organization and try to make a claim for constructive dismissal, whether that's um, at the end of a long period of time where they didn't get their voice heard and, and couldn't get matters resolved. That is not something that an organization wants associated with their brand. We're in, at this stage, a, a battle for skills. Um, in Ireland, virtually every HR function has open roles that they're struggling to fill. The last thing you want to do is have a situation in your organization where people cannot be heard, where they're not treated fairly, and where they're out in the community talking about that. Absolutely. And look, I think it's, it's something we all want to avoid, obviously, but they, they do come. It's, it's human nature. They will arise eventually. So hopefully, look, we've You've given people some guidance there. So thank you, Mary and Ian, for a very insightful and, and practical discussion. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll catch you next week, obviously, for the next installment of our podcast. So don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels. For those of you hoping to learn more about workplace grievances, there, we do have some good news. This, this month's HR Room webinar will be dedicated solely to workplace grievances. So do please, I suppose, keep an eye out and register for that webinar, which takes place next week. Um, and as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, Get in touch with us today at InsideHR.ie. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Inside HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insidehr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insidehr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.